A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. This is Atlanta's exclusive home for Atlanta Braves baseball. Bringing you the latest on the Braves all year. Now the fan presents the Braves Clubhouse Report. I fly ball. Deep left center. That one's arcing toward the stands. It's gone. Presented by Arrow Exterminators. Call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com. It's to Freddie. Smashed high in the air. Deep right field. Out to the chop house and it's gone. This is the home of the Braves. The Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Now, the Braves Clubhouse Report. Glad to have you with us here on another edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. With you each and every Wednesday, 2 to 2.30, right here on your home of the world champs, the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Kevin McAlpin here with you as we embark on day number seven of the lockout, and we'll get the very latest on what's been going on around Major League Baseball. Let me give you a spoiler alert, a whole lot of nothing here lately since the sports shut down at 12.01 a.m. last Thursday. We'll get into some of the uh, sticking points between the uh, the union and the uh, and the owners. We'll get to some of that, and we'll hear from Commissioner Rod Manfred coming up here in just a couple of moments as he had a chance to visit with the media in Texas late last week. We'll get to that coming up here momentarily. Coming up around 2.10, we're going to check in with Jeff Francoeur, a guy who obviously uh, wore the Braves uniform for a number of years and uh, now a part of the Braves broadcasting crew. We'll get Frenchie's thoughts on uh, some of the things that went down throughout the course of this World Series championship season and uh, talk about uh, what could come in 2022 as well. And we'll also dive into some of the Hall of Fame balloting. That's right. The tracker is back. We do this each and every offseason as not Mr. Tibbs. Ryan Thibodeau on Twitter does a great job logging all of the uh, ballots that have been made public. And it's only been 10 so far. So we got about two and a half percent of all the total ballots that will come in. But some big names in their final year, in their 10th and final year of eligibility on the ballot. We'll talk about some of the guys who are looking to punch their ticket to Cooperstown later on in our show. Well, for folks who may not be uh, completely familiar with exactly what's going on with Major League Baseball. Again, this is day seven of the lockout. It is the ninth work stoppage in the sports history. Now, the uh, latest CBA that was agreed upon and negotiated uh, on back in 2016 expired at 12.01 a.m. last Thursday. Now, what does that mean? Well, essentially, everything comes to a standstill, and you saw there was a flurry of activity as a number of big league free agents uh, were coming off the board very quickly those final couple of days before the sport shut down. But teams now unable to sign major league free agents. They can, however, negotiate with minor league free agents. So some depth pieces, some guys that could still be around. Teams are able to sign minor league free agents, but nobody on the big league side. Speaking of big leaguers, well, they're not able to work out at team facilities. They are officially locked out of the building. So guys like Ronald Acuna Jr., who was working out here at Truist Park, rehabbing that leg injury, now has to go elsewhere, not able to work out at team facilities. As far as some of the stick 
sticking points between the owners and the uh, and the union. Expanded playoffs. This was a topic that was brought up here recently as Jeff Passan reported upon this last week. Looking at 14-team playoffs is Major League Baseball. Other ideas that could potentially be on the uh, on the table. A pitch clock, which has been uh, talked about throughout the minor league system. That's something they've been working on, trying to get guys sort of their body clocks uh, so when they get to the big leagues, they don't necessarily need a pitch clock. That's something that could be out there. The big one is the the arbitration process and uh, how this could change guys after uh, five years. They could become free agents, and that hurts smaller market teams. And you'll hear Commissioner Manfred talk about that coming up here in just a moment. Service time, a salary ceiling, a salary floor as well that could prevent teams uh, potentially from tanking and uh, and not being as competitive. Those are all some of the sticking points between the two sides. And uh, again, as of now, no new negotiations have been scheduled. And as I was talking about with Nick and Chris just a few moments ago, it does seem like this is going to drag into the new year. Hopefully, cooler heads will prevail. Spring training can start on time, middle of February. It's about a little over two months away from the scheduled start of pitchers and catchers. And uh, we hope that will go on as scheduled. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date on the very latest news and notes. I got a feeling it's going to happen behind closed doors. Unlike what we saw in 2020 uh, when the sport was shut down due to COVID and a lot of that became public, I don't feel like a lot of that's going to become as public here this go-around. I could be wrong, but it just seems like a lot of these negotiations will happen behind closed doors and probably not as many leaks as far as uh, what is being discussed on both sides until more of a formal agreement uh, is reached. So, again, uh, Commissioner Manfred had a chance to visit with the media as uh, the lockout became official last Thursday, and we're going to hear a couple of different cuts from Rod Manfred. Uh, But first and foremost, how the lockout could potentially move both sides toward an agreement down the line. You know, look, it's part of the um, theory that underlies the National Labor Relations Act, right? People need pressure sometimes to get to an agreement. Candidly, we didn't feel that sense of pressure um, uh, from the other side uh, during the course of this week. And, you know, the only tool available to you under the act is to apply economic leverage. And part of that pressure, obviously, the fact it is in the off season. That's the good news. You still have two plus months to go until spring training is scheduled to begin. So, not as much pressure if this happens, say, in February or March or even in the middle of the season. So, still plenty of time for both sides to get this deal ironed out. Now, Commissioner Manfred also went on to talk about how much damage a lockout still could do, even though it is the off season. Look, it's it, it's not a good thing for the sport. It's it, it's not something um, that we undertake lightly. We, we understand it's bad for our business. We took it out of a desire to drive the process forward to an agreement now. And, of course, that did not happen as uh, both sides met a few different times uh, last week uh, down in Texas, and uh, they were rather short meetings. And, uh, of course, no uh, no agreement between the two, so a lockout became official. Ninth work stoppage in Major League Baseball history. And here's Manfred going on to talk about what was in the union's proposal that he frankly felt was bad for the sport. Let's take five-year free agency. I think that, the, you know, we already have – Um, teams in smaller markets that struggle to compete, Um, shortening the period of time that they control players makes it even harder for them to compete. It's also bad for fans in those markets. The most negative reaction we have is when a player leaves via free agency. We don't see that making it earlier, available earlier. We don't see that as a positive. 
So we'll see if uh, the two sides can come to an agreement, whether it's five-year free agency or six. Uh, That seems to be one of the big-time sticking points between both sides. Now, uh, of course, a lot of the talk has been about improving and uh, maybe speeding up the uh, the product on the field. And uh, Manfred went on to talk about if there was any discussion about potential changes to the product uh, between the lines. On-field changes were the topic of discussion at the table. Um, We did make a proposal early on about a joint process um, with respect to on-field changes. Um, We did not make any specific rule change proposals. We are in the process of still evaluating changes. Um, And and, and frankly, um, we, based on the discussions at the table, we saw it as another contentious issue and tried to put it to one side in an effort to get to an agreement on the theory that we could deal with it midterm of the next agreement. So two sides still rather far apart, according to some of the reports that uh, Major League Baseball, the Players Association, really hasn't changed their proposal since the, the month of May. So seems like there's a lot of things that they are really sticking to. And, of course, the owners and the commissioner not budging on some of those uh, big-time sticking points. And, again, hopefully uh, cooler heads can prevail and they can come to an agreement and meet in the middle somewhere on a number of these different sticking points. And, again, this goes back really to uh, during uh, you know the beginning stages of COVID when spring training came to an end back in March of 2020. Uh, There was a few months where uh, things got really, really ugly between the players and the owners, and it does seem like things are still rather uh, contentious between both sides. And uh, one more from Rob Manfred as he talks about uh, why it just seems like both sides are so far apart in negotiations right now. I I don't feel frustrated Um, I'm disappointed we didn't get to an agreement. That's different than being frustrated. Um, I think we're in a process. I'm prepared to continue that process, and I'm optimistic that that we're going to get a deal. Um, Secondly, the whole relationship issue, I think people put way too much emphasis uh, on that issue. At the end of the day, it's about the substance. We're here. They're there. We need to find a way to bridge the gap. And again, still a long way to go uh, between these two sides. And really, it, it, you know, it, the question becomes, is there going to be one side that it officially wins? And uh, we'll see how these uh, these conversations go and these back and forths go between the Players Association and the owners. Again, still a little over two months to go until the scheduled start of spring training. A lot of optimism that uh, they'll still play 162 next year. This won't affect the regular season at all. And uh, we'll uh, all keep our fingers crossed that that does, in fact, become the case as we get closer and closer Uh, to the middle of February. We'll squeeze in a quick break. When we return, one of your fan favorites, Jeff Francoeur, is going to join us. We're going to talk to Frenchie about uh, some of the things that uh, he saw from this Braves ball club, the the drastic turnaround in the months of August and September, a run through the World Series, and much, much more. Jeff Francoeur joins us on the other side right here on this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report on your home of the world champs, the Fan 680, 93.7 FM. The Braves Clubhouse Report on 680 The Fan. Cold months in the south mean that rodents, critters, and pests are trying to find a way into your warm house. Luckily, you can trust the pros at Aero Exterminators to keep your home pest-free inside and out. Aero protects homes and businesses and is the official pest control provider of Truist Park and the Braves. So you know you're getting the best from the best. To set up a free pest inspection, call 888-GO-AERO or visit aeroexterminators.com. Now. 
Here's more Braves talk from inside the clubhouse. This is the Atlanta Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, on the home of the Braves, the Fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. With you every Wednesday, 2 to 2.30. Regardless if there's a lockout or not, this is the Braves Clubhouse Report on your home of the fans, 680 and 93.7 FM. Kevin McAlpin here, and coming up in just a couple of moments, we're going to visit with Jeff Francoeur and get his thoughts on uh, really just a remarkable second-half turnaround for the Braves, all the adversity they went through, all the things they had to deal with both on and off of the field, and much, much more. And coming up in our next segment, we'll also take a peek at some of the uh, revealed Hall of Fame ballots, and we'll talk about some of the big money that has been spent around Major League Baseball prior to the lockout. But joining us now is Jeff Francoeur. And Frenchie, uh, we were joking about this earlier. We're not locked out. You're, you're not locked out, are you? I am not, Kev. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just uh, taking kids everywhere right now, so it's pretty normal for me. Just a normal off season in the Frank Corr yes. household, right? Yes, exactly. Well, look, I, I, I don't want to dwell too much on what's not going on because we did that in our first segment. But, man, looking back at this year and, and where this Braves ball club was, say, when we got to the trading deadline and when the calendar turned to August, could you have ever seen this kind of drastic turnaround coming, given the fact they, were, they had just lost Ronald Acuna Jr. Mike Soroka, we knew he was out of the picture. For this team to overcome everything they did, did you ever see anything like this coming? I did not. You know, I, I was one of the guys that, you know, I, I, you know me, I'm a very optimistic person. But mm-hmm. even at some point, I kind of kept saying in a way, like, you know, sometimes it's just not your year. Yeah. And, and, you know, you punt and you move on. And I was more towards that way than I was, hey, let's double down and go, don't get guys at the deadline, but you know, I, I think baseball is such a sport kind of probably that and hockey, the two sports that if you get hot at the right time, uh, you can kind of run some stuff and that's exactly what this team did. Um, and, and I think the impressive thing too, is it's, is who you beat in the playoffs too. I mean, you pretty much went through three of the best teams uh, in the Brewers, Dodgers, and Astros. So I think that's what was also impressive. Yeah. Well, you talk about punting and, and maybe playing for next season. I want to get your thoughts. Put, your, put the jersey back on. Take yourself back in that clubhouse. How much more do you think it meant to everybody in there when they saw the front office go out there and add so many pieces that ended up having such a big part, uh, whether it's Rosario in the LCS, Soler in the World Series, Duvall leading the National League in RBI. What, did, what, what do you feel like that means to a clubhouse when they say, you know what, you haven't played your best baseball and we're going to give you every opportunity to do so down the stretch? Well, I think it's huge. I, you know, you put the jersey back on, I sit in that clubhouse and if if all of a sudden they tell me, you know what, we're not going to get anybody at the deadline, quite frankly, you can't get mad at Alex. You couldn't get mad at anybody because, you know, in the, at, at the end of the day, you could tell yourself we've had four months to get a winning streak going and to get over 500, and we haven't done it. So, honestly, I think that's what makes it great is that for a long time, the players really weren't holding up their end of the bargain, but yet, you know, they had a front office that believed in – the back of the baseball cards and what they've done. And eventually it just got to the point where, you know, those guys got hot at the right time. And, uh, you know, and, and really the bullpen, the bullpen straightened out, you know, midsummer. And I thought that was a huge, huge thing for them. And how about those guys that were doing it every single night? I mean, you had Tyler Matzik, you had A.J. Minter, Will Smith, and, you know, he was a guy that got so much grief uh, on social media for the majority of the season. All of those guys, Luke Jackson as well. I mean, to see those guys do what they did each and every night, how remarkable was that from your standpoint? 
Well, it was unbelievable. And, I, you know, I, I remember telling Derek Schiller and a couple of the Braves guys, Mike Plan, after the playoffs, I said, y'all better send Tyler Matzik wherever he wants to go for like a three-week vacation, uh, you know, and because that guy earned every cent of it. You know, they were outstanding. Uh, as you said, Will Smith. Lots of talk, you know, the last month and a half. Can he close games in October? Well, he was perfect. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you go back and look at what that team was able to accomplish, having a, a bullpen at the back end that really can lock down games for you, it makes such a difference. Yeah, it really does. And a big reason why the Braves are able to uh, hang a new banner, a couple of them here at Truist Park. Uh, Jeff Francoeur joining us here on this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. And, Frenchie, I want to get your thoughts because, you know, you see a guy like Ronald Acuna Jr. go down. And I'm sure if you're in that clubhouse, you see, you know, a guy who was arguably uh, potentially, you know, right there in, in the mix for an MVP halfway through the season. You know, is it, is it one of those situations where you have to just say to yourself, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We just have to move forward, and we all sort of have to just pick up the slack, whether, you know, that's that. it's easy to say. It's, it's not as easy to do. But is that hard to not maybe, you know, get down, depressed, feel sorry for yourselves when you see a, a key piece like that go down? Well, 100%. And I think that's why there's never a good time to do what happened to a player. You yeah. never want to see anybody go through that. But with that being said, I thought to happen right before the All-Star break, it gave the guys a chance to get away for four days. Yeah. You know, get away from the noise, get away, have time to think about, okay, look, this is reality. Um, you know, this has really happened, and now we have to find a way to kind of, you know, move on and still be competitive and, and still try to win ball games, and win a division. So I thought the timing of it ended up, you know, being beneficial because – Man, we remember it happened on that Saturday and that Sunday. Pablo Lopez went out and struck out the first nine of the game yeah. uh, down in Florida. And I remember thinking, oh, boy, this could be a long second half. I think I told Chip that off the air in, like, the fourth inning. Uh, you know, but give credit to the guys. They hung with it. Uh, they grinded it out and eventually, um, you know, turned the season around. And, and like you said, once you start doing that and believing in yourself, you can, it can steamroll, and that's what it did. I know back in 2010, you were traded to a contender in the middle of the season. I believe it was in August. You went from yep. the Mets to the Rangers. As a player, what does that do for you when you go from a team that doesn't have you know, a chance to really go out there and try to win a World Series? Like, I've heard Snit say it. Maybe you get to the ballpark a little earlier. Maybe you take an extra round of BP. What is that like when you go from a team that's maybe out of it to one that's right there in the thick of things and has a chance to do something special? Well, first off, the excitement coming to the park is huge, mm-hmm. you know, because you know you're coming with a purpose. Obviously, you're, you're trying to play well every day and do what you can do, but you know kind of where you're at in the standings. All of a sudden, I remember I think I hit like 350-something with the Rangers when I got traded from there, and Ron Washington was my manager. And, you know, I thought it was great because I remember kind of like what Smith told some of these guys, you know, Wash hadn't seen much of the National League that year. And, he, and you come in, he's like, look, you're here to help us win, so – you start playing, you're getting hits. Next thing you know, you're in there every day. Look, Solaire came over. He wasn't going to play every single day. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, he just kept hitting. And so, Snit had no choice but to keep him in there. And so, I think with that being said, that's kind of what, you know, this led to was more of kind of, hey, you know what? Keep going. And, and you get coaches and fans that believe in you. And next thing you know, you kind of bring some of that magic back. I'm glad you mentioned playing for Wash because we have heard so many guys uh, talk about the energy he brings, talk about just the passion and the love for the game that he brings. What was it like getting a chance, though, to play for him as a manager down there in Texas? It was unbelievable. I mean, that guy, 
I, I would tell people he would throw two rounds of BP every single day. And I used to say, <laughs> yes, there's not many places hotter in the summer than Atlanta, but uh, Dallas, Texas is uh, during the summer when it's July and August. And he would throw two rounds every day. He was just great. He expected – you know, the best from you, expect you to work hard. But I think Wash was one of those great guys, kind of like Snit in the fact they know how hard the game is. They played it. They watched guys play it forever. And so, look, they know you're going to have rough days. They know you're going to have rough at-bats and you're going to have rough stretches. But I think the great thing is those guys see the big picture. And I'll give Snit this all year, Kev. You kept remembering. He kept saying every week we get so frustrated. Okay, all right, they won these two games. Remember, we beat the Dodgers two out of three at home. And I'm like, now they're going to take off didn't happen. And you kept waiting for that, but Snit kept saying, these guys will do it. I know it's in them. They've done it before. They get hot. And you give them credit because the good managers, they, they know it's coming and they don't panic. Another minute or two with uh, Jeff Francoeur joining us here on this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. Frenchie, I'm glad you brought up Snit because a guy who has devoted 45 years of his life to one organization, he's done it at every level of the minor leagues. Now to have the success here, I know you and, uh, and Snit go way, way back. Uh, what did it mean for you to, to get a chance to see him uh, holding up that trophy down there at, uh, in Houston a few weeks ago? It was amazing. And I'll tell you one of the cool things for me was, you know, I got a chance with TBS to do the Brewers and the Dodgers series. And I think the coolest thing is every day, you know, you get 15 minutes with the manager. And so, you know, you'd sit in the dugout down there and just listening to Smith, like we know him, tell the stories, laugh, you know, it's unbelievable. And he's so open and honest and it's refreshing because you know, you get managers sometimes those meetings that they're just giving you the status quo, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're kind of like, look, I, I got to have something, you know, to call the game with. Give me some <laughs> sort of game plan. Snit would give it to you. He'd tell you every game, if this happens, we're doing this, this, this. If it doesn't happen, we're putting in this guy, and he's throwing, you know, 80 pitches, and we're going to take a beating. So I, I thought it was so refreshing. And so to see him get rewarded, uh, you know, for what he's done, I'll go back. He was one one day away from being – you know, let go back at the end of the 17. Mm-hmm. And instead, here he is uh, winning a World Series and four divisions in a row. Yeah, it's been great. It's uh, it, I, I've said it all along, Frenchie. I feel like it's going to be a movie or a book or or something down the road that they'll talk about uh, all that this guy went through and uh, to see him win it. And it'll be a lot of fun to see him actually get a chance to uh, to manage the uh, the All Star team next year as well. That's going to be a a thrill for for Brian Snitker. Hey, one more for you. Uh, obviously, all the talk this off season has been centered around Freddie Freeman, and I'm sure you you probably feel, and I don't want to speak for you personally, but I'm sure you're probably as surprised as everybody else that uh, we haven't seen a deal get done here in Atlanta. If if you have to look into your crystal ball, come opening day 2022, where is Freddie Freeman? Uh, I think he's in a Braves uniform. Look, deadlines get deals. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there's no deadline yet. Obviously, there's nothing now. Right. But when they do agree, that's when deadlines um, you know, usually get deals done. And yeah. look, I think everybody wishes it was easier, it was done sooner. But you know, Freddie wants something, the team wants something. And, and eventually, usually, you can kind of get to middle ground. And I'm hoping that's where where we eventually get to. Like I said, I I would be shocked if I didn't see uh, March 31st in in Miami – Freddie Freeman playing first base. It would be a big surprise to me. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Even though you've heard some teams like the Yankees oh, and the yeah, Dodgers, always that crap. You know, I mean, <laughs> look, it is. You you know, you know how it is. The agents are going to play this way. The yeah. team's playing this way. 
But like I said, I just still believe there's too much at stake not for this to get worked out. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Well, listen, I just hope that March 31st we do have opening day. I hope this thing doesn't drag on much longer. And I've got yeah, a feeling. Too. Yeah, I've got a feeling cooler heads will prevail. I just don't feel like either side is dumb enough to let this go into the regular season. We saw how much damage that caused back in '94 and '95, and I just feel like cooler heads will prevail. So hopefully that's the case. And man, look, we appreciate a few minutes of your time. I know you got some kiddos to pick up, Frank uh, Frenchy. <laughs> Have a great holiday season, and, man, we hope to see you real soon. Well, there he is, Jeff Francoeur, joining us here on this week's edition of the Braves Clubhouse Report. We'll squeeze in one more break. When we return, we'll talk about uh, some of the latest news and notes from around the uh, MLB uh, Hall of Fame balloting. We'll get to that, and we'll check in with Chuck and Matt as we uh, get ready for Chuck and Turnoff. That's coming up next right here on your home of the Braves, the Fan 680 and 93. 93- 93.7 FM. This is the Braves Clubhouse Report, exclusively on 680 The Fan. It's going to be a huge offseason for your World Series champs, so make sure you keep it locked to the home of the Braves for the breaking news, exclusive updates from our team of truest reporters and the most connected Braves staff in the South. Bansby, a rope to deep left field. That one's rising. Kiss it goodbye. Everything you need to know about the Braves as it breaks will be right here on your home for the World Series champions. The Fan. You're listening to the Braves Clubhouse Report, presented by Arrow Exterminators, exclusively on Atlanta's sports station, the home of the Braves, The Fan. Final segment with you on this week's edition of the Atlanta Braves Clubhouse Report. Glad to have Jeff Francoeur join us. Appreciate a few minutes from Frenchie, and you heard it there. He does believe that uh, Freddie Freeman will be back in a brave uniform come opening day on March 31st, and we all will keep our fingers crossed that that will be the case, that we will have opening day as scheduled. Well, as I mentioned earlier in our show, it is that time of year once again this offseason as the uh, Hall of Fame balloting starts trickling in and some big names in their final year of eligibility on the uh, BBWAA ballot. And that includes... Let's go. I agree. Hello, Matt Chernoff. Oh, I came back. I didn't realize I was uh, on the radio. Oh, well... You do it every day. You push that button, right? Yeah, but I mean, I'm not contractually obligated to speak yet, but I, I love hanging out with you, so what are we talking about? Well, I I'm, I'm just wanted to talk a little bit about some of the guys that are in their final year of eligibility in the Hall of Fame. Do, do you follow Not Mr. Tibbs on Twitter? Have you found this account yet? Not Mr. Tibbs. I used to follow actual Mr. Tibbs. I didn't know there was a Not Mr. Tibbs. Fill me in. Well, there's Not Mr. Tibbs. This is Ryan Thibodeau, and he does a great job every offseason of collecting all of the Hall of Fame ballots that are made public. Now, we only have about 10 so far. That's right around 2%, but really interesting to see guys like Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, Kurt Schilling, and Sammy Sosa all in their final years and really not getting a whole lot of love right now. So it looks like some of those guys uh, that are really the beginning of the steroid era they're probably going to have to be uh, left up to that uh, today's era committee if they do want to find their way into cooperstown someday yeah i don't think that's a maybe i think that's a definite <laughs> like any of those clemens bonds mcguire like any of that group they know the answer but palmero there's there's a definite no there might be some writers or voters who have kind of relented a little bit not on the whole yeah do you feel like that's going to change, though? I mean, you've got no. so many guys. Like, you've got, uh, you know, you look at, uh, you know, A-Rod's on there. And sure. Manny Ramirez, his sixth year. You've got uh, Gary Sheffield. He's in his eighth year. There's a lot. You're going to have a lot more guys. David Ortiz in his first year. Do you feel like that's going to change at all, though? Or do you think a lot of these guys are going to be uh, sort of stuck in their ways moving forward? I think this these voters feel like they got duped. And when these yeah. guys feel like they got duped, you're talking about an old-school bunch for the most part. 
who will tell you how it was in their day and the way it is. Now, can you separate the fact that, like, Barry was great before mm-hmm. he did what he did and just jealousy of what Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were getting led Barry to do what he did? Uh, Roger Clemens, here's the difference. Like, Roger's career was essentially over as a big-time pitcher before he did what he did and all of a sudden he became an elite pitcher again. Yeah. So not everything is under the same umbrella. Um but no, for the whole, A Rod's not getting in. Mm-hmm. I think Poppy's. I just, I just think that whole group is under the same umbrella, whether different levels, that they're not going to get the vote. The one guy, and obviously with local ties, that I'm very curious to see what happens to is Andrew Jones this year. He's in his fifth year on the ballot. He got 33% last season. I, I just I feel like if there was ever a time for him to really make some big strides forward, I think this could be the year that he really gets closer and closer. I, he's not going to get close to 75%, but man, if he makes a jump, let's say it's from 33 to, to 45 or 50, that to me tells me that with five more years, there's a real good chance he could end up getting in. Well, Kim, wasn't he at like four or five percent in his first year and then yeah. almost fell off the ballot? I saw uh, Jason Stark on MLB Network one day talking about this. They had Dave O'Brien on and Dave was making the case that we've all made for Andrew for the you know the elite defense, the gold gloves, the comparison to Ozzie Smith as far as being that dominant in one position and Stark's big Sticking point was how quickly he fell off at age 30, mm-hmm. and, you know, he's, he's sort of not backing off that. Dave O'Brien, I thought, brought up the point again that we've all he, – he broke in at 19. That's running into a lot of walls. Mm-hmm. That's running in, you know, a, a lot of diving catches. That's a decade of dominance defensively combined with the 400 home runs. I, I don't know. I just think if, if guy's a Hall of Famer based on his career, I don't care if he fell off at 31 or 34. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Well, it'll be interesting. We'll We'll keep one eye on it because, let's be honest – there's really not a whole lot else going on, <laughs> going on in our world. I was, lockout. Yeah, I was joking with it. I with uh, some of the guys here in the studio. I said, I have no idea what to even talk about because there's literally nothing going on around Major League Baseball. This is just such a weird time because you had so much money spent. Teams like the Rangers spent half a billion dollars last week before the lockout rolls around. There's so much excitement. And then it comes to a grinding halt. It's just a really weird time for baseball right now. Well, it is, and it's baseball, again, cutting off its nose despite its face. Mm-hmm. You know, the NFL is a year-round discussion point, so as much as in-season in we talk about games, K-Mac, they'll dominate the month of April with the draft, and they'll dominate the month of March with free agency, and they'll yeah. dominate with coaching changes. Major League Baseball's conversation is done, and I think it's done for a while because these two stubborn sides – are not going to come to the table until we get close to losing games because that'll be somewhat of a deadline. I think we're stuck here for a while. I said to uh, some of the guys here, I think March 1st will be the start of spring training. I think a couple of weeks delayed. I think that still gives them time to get the season started so. yeah, by the end of March. Hopefully, man. I'm, yeah. I'm keeping my fingers crossed because I don't know how many more shows we can do in the offseason. <laughs> There's nothing to talk about. But uh, uh, You're going to have to relive some of the great moments well, of the past. Yeah. And we can do that. That's the best part about being here. We can actually do that, uh, whereas uh, other folks cannot. What's Here, coming up? Yeah, the, by ahead. the way, the good news yeah. is as long as we're locked out, like everybody else is a bunch of losers, we're still champions. So <laughs> it is what it is. We're live at Top Golf in Alpharetta. We've got our small business open coming up tonight. Chris Landry joins the program coming up in a little while. We've got a ton of college football as we uh, start counting down to Georgia and Michigan coming up uh, here on New Year's Eve. We've got some Falcons to look forward to. It's a, uh, it's a hoot nanny today. You've got lots going on. Well, listen, yeah, I'm not going to tie up any more of your time. Save uh, a couple of beers for me. I'll see you up there in a couple hours, my friend. Deal. All right, Chuck and Chernoff are coming up next. want to thank Jeff Francoeur for spending some time with us here. And we'll do it again next Wednesday right here on your Home of the World Champs. This is the Fan 680 and 93.7 FM. 
Thanks for joining us for the latest on your Atlanta Braves on WCNN North Atlanta, a Dickey Broadcasting Station. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Is there chaos in your closet? Look, Blouse, you've got some nerve hanging there like that. I can't help it. I'm jammed in here next to this suit. Hey, I'm a three-piece, all right, which means I need a little more room. You've got a lot of attitude for a linen suit. I'm a polyester blend, sweetheart, and there needs to be room for men's clothes, too. Hi, I'm Christina, and in Artisan Custom Closets, we help families organize and simplify their closets with customized storage solutions. See what's possible for your home at artisancustomcloset.com and then call us for a free in-home consultation. 